We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Monday, the 25th day of April, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. Ned, it is great to see you. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Um, I'm in several different minds, actually. There's a lot going on, isn't there? There is. Some pieces. There is. Yeah, there yeah. is. We got a lot to talk about today. Bruce, how are you? Healthy and alive as usual. That's good. That's good. I, I'm glad you're both doing great because I'm not doing so well today. I'm uh, I'm running on low sleep. I had a dentist appointment this morning. I hate the dentist. I hate it. I can't stand it. I don't know a single person that likes going. I, I don't know a single one. I, I go and I know everything's going to be fine, but it's just that being there, you know, you're getting poked and prodded and stuck and, you, you know, go? why? I go for a checkup every six months. Why? Because I'll tell you why. Because that's what my insurance company makes me do. And if I don't ah, do that, if I don't do that, it's preventative. If I don't do that and there's a problem, then I have to pay for it. My insurance will pay 100% if I go every six months to make sure that there's no problems. And if there is a problem and I am within my monthly six-month uh, semi-annual checkups or whatever, then they'll pay for everything 100%. So That's a controlling thing, yeah? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. But it, you have, you, do you know how expensive it is to get dental work these days? I mean, it's. It, no, I, I haven't, I oh, haven't been Lord. to a dentist for 10 years. Oh, well, it costs loads of freaking money. It, it's insane. So I would rather go every six months and make sure that everything's fine and everything was good. Of course it was. I got a wash and wax and I'm, nice to see you. I'll see you in six months. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a nice dentist, very nice dentist. And you know something? Finding a good dentist is very hard to do these days. So he washed you and he waxed your hair. Well, no, his well. assistant did. <laughs> <laughs> but no, everything was fine. I got a clean bill of health and I was out. Man, I, it was just, it's sitting there. You know what I mean? And it's like, you, you got that, you know, the, the instruments and bzzz, yeah. Oh man. No, 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 no. And he's picking out your Sunday dinner bits and stuff like that. Yeah. No, no, no. There was none of that. I, man, I do the whole. <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. I, I'm very good about taking care of my uh, my oral hygiene. I brush three times a day. I'm not joking. I brush three times a day. I do uh, flossing and I do rinsing every night before bed. No exceptions. No exceptions. So I, I'm very good at keeping my uh, my I'm mouth clean I'm and everything like impressed that. With that. I'm seriously impressed with that. <laughs> You're, I can see the look on your face. Yeah, you are seriously impressed with that. I have a different approach. What's that? You Is know, that, I can't. I can't no. imagine. I cannot imagine. It's anything like what Marty told us about you on Friday. If it's anything oh, like that, well, then it, it is it is it true? Is it true? I I had what? I said that I would give you a hard time about it. Is it true? The hot cross it's buns. True. The hot cross buns what? with the cheese and the marmite. Is that true? Oh yes, yeah. Oh about god! It? Oh god! That's just god awful. The only thing that belongs on a hot cross bun is some butter <laughs> after it's been warmed. That's it. Cheese and, and marmite. Oh no, I can't do it, man. I just can't do it. Uh, that, that's why you have to see the dentist. <laughs> what? Why? Because <laughs> because I put butter on a hot cross bun. Yeah. No, no. There's um. I mean, as you know, we're long lived, and we always. I mean, I just follow what and. 
dentists in this country, because I used to, um, up in the morning, travel to work several miles, then come back, and then I was either called out and stuff. So uh-huh. it, it started with, like, you'd miss a dental appointment, yeah. and there's never enough dentists. Right. Yeah? Yeah. So, so you miss a couple, and that's lots of money to them. So, it's not, so the humanity goes out of it, and you get ditched off the list. Yeah. So you give it, all right, and then you can't find a dentist because there's not enough. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, okay, I'll look after them, do what I normally do because I never have anything. I think the last filling I had was when I was a teenager, just before I entered services and stuff like that. And and I started to look into things about your teeth. And then they naturally coat themselves, even if you have a split tooth, even if you have all the things like that. Your body naturally, because I was thinking, hang on, we've got Inuit Indians here who are wearing their teeth down. Not They're not giving it. Bet me a dentist, I can't handle the pain anymore, are they? <laughs> no, <laughs> so, they're certainly you know, not, no. So, <laughs> so you look into it and you give it, ah, yeah. And I haven't had to see one for 10 years now. No. Well, that's, and I just that's feed right. them, brush them, whatever. Yeah. I'm giving it fine. And they're hard as nails. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, if you were wondering why I brought up the hot cross bonus, because we discussed this the other day in Australia, this is from uh, the. They give you uh, heart attacks. The, well, no, this is from. Well, yeah, ta- kind of, kind of. This is from uh, the Victorian government in um, uh, in Australia. And it says, "Have a great Good Friday and make your way down to one of these ten vaccination hubs. The first 100 attendees at each site will receive a traditional hot cross bun six pack from a local baker's delight bakery." I mean, is seriously anything wrong with advertising? Come down. Every- yeah, take wrong a drug with it. and we will give you some food. <laughs> I mean, ethically, that's wrong. Hey, do you want a drug? Got one? You can have it free. You got to take some of these cross, hot cross buns home with you as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Are you that hard up that you've got to go down and do that? You get myocarditis and a and a hot cross bun. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah, there's a disclaimer stuck to the bottom of your hot cross bun. Is there? Must be. That's, yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, the, uh, there's a new study that's out. Uh, hang on just a second. Let me find it here. There's a new study that's out that says traffic noise traffic is noise. linked to a higher risk of heart attack. Uh, so traffic noise will now give you a, now give you a heart attack. Uh, I was actually reading on <laughs> April the 9th, there was a, uh, I want to say it was a United Airlines pilot. I was reading was flying a plane, 200 passengers on board. Landed the plane yes, six minutes that. after landing. He went into cardiac arrest. Had to be revived. He went into cardiac arrest. Yeah, but then he actually um, didn't he do um, something on the air? Didn't he actually have a chat later on? Uh, he put a vid. I, I read that he put a video up of him on. It was like his social media or something like that. And he said yeah. that it's he's not the only one. There's many others within. There's many others. Yeah, yeah. they were forced to take it. Yeah, and well, forced. Um, what's the word? Coerced. They were coerced, basically. Keep your job. You got to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I sent you a form the other day from uh, from the NHS where they actually admitted in an internal document that and you had to look at it. What did you think of it? Heart attacks are up. <laughs> Heart attacks are up one thousand percent in the last I know, twelve months. I know, and that is just what's on paper, and that that's a scary piece. I mean, yeah, all a lot of countries are looking now into every cardiac event. And it's innumerable. It is just so many of them, and it's everywhere. But that was under the Freedom of Information Act. And I do believe we're having a problem digging some more stuff up at the moment in the UK. Uh-huh. They just don't like us looking. Well, no, why do you and want to look? Why do I want to look? I, I wonder why they don't want you to look. Well, yeah, too many questions, isn't it? Too much information. You might scare the public with the truth. 
Yeah, that's entirely possible. Yeah. I, I was actually, I was reading over some things. I'm only hypothesizing, like, it's only hypothesizing. Well, I don't think you're, be. yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I was actually reading last week that uh, this is, that there's a, um, there was a study that was, actually there wasn't a study, there was a report that was released by the UK government, uh, and they're refusing to publish further COVID-19 data because it suggests that the triple vaccinated are developing something called antibody-dependent enhancement and oh, double ADA. vaccinate. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, me, let me rephrase this. No, I'm sorry. The UK Health Security Agency is refusing to publish any further data on COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths by vaccination status because they will show... These reports will show, and I've got a copy of this here. I can I can go over this with you. Um, they show that the triple vaccinated population are on the verge of developing acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Do you know what that is? We call it AIDS. Oh yes. And the double vaccinated are already suffering antibody dependent enhancement. Well, there's uh, several. I mean, it was reported in one of the newspapers. I think it was the Guardian. I first saw it. That's one I can remember that are several patients that have been in hospitals for hundreds of days, and that's in different countries, but the UK holds a record for 505 days being positive in COVID. And the thing is, these How vaccinated is people... It's, it's, the, it's the vaccinated people. It's the spike protein but, but, that's generating, but, 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 right? Yeah. So, yeah. so basically, they, the, their immunosystem, most of them have some other natural problem, some other medical problem. Their immune system cope with it. And if you've vaccinated them, it's getting a double whammy. And it's and basically they've stayed in there for ages and ages and ages. I think 501 days. I know, 505 days. And then I think that was the end of them. There's been several people. There's one still in there for over 400 days. He might beat the 505 before he goes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the thing is, what, the, what, what they found out is, and the doctors have found out, is that, I mean, if you think about it, you've got, Say you've you've got they say they created it for the medically dependent and med now they've found out that the medically dependent have a problem but the actual vaccine doesn't cure it right so it's supposed to act against any severe symptoms but you do not get most people never got COVID positive until they got vaccinated because the vaccine is creating the spike proteins yeah eh? I know people that are down so, with it right now that are tripled so, so basically because you've got this thing pumped into your system your own system's reacting to it so it's going to be affecting your immune system to begin with you're trying to fight this vaccine that's been put in your system which isn't the true vaccine it's just trying to grow something out of you and using you up your body's fighting it It is several days before antibodies can be created i think it's about a week or so before the antibodies actually show and then it's there and all it does is it's supposed to help against severe symptoms so it's masking everything it's masking that your immune system is getting worse if you're medically dependent you've already got something hypothetically i find it very suspicious you've got all these situations together and now these it's almost, people it's almost like they want dying yeah it's almost like they want you to die and they want you to be sick and and die so we've got them at that end and then we've got this graphene oxide that was discovered at the other end which is you know, like we've, we've never talked at the nano about level. 
Yeah, we've we've never talked about that. Of course, we've heard about it, but we've never talked about it because I I I've seen so many conflicting reports. Bruce and I went over a whole bunch of that stuff. Well, what maybe about six eight months ago yeah. when you had some doctors that were coming forward and they were, they were talking about it. And it's like okay, I, I understand that you're talking about it, but you're the only one talking about it. Why are you the only one talking about it? Why aren't there others? Okay, but the thing is, it was brought up because I don't know whether it's still in the vaccine, but it was discovered in some of the vaccines. Yeah. So you don't know whether yeah. it's across the board. Right. But the point is, it was discovered. So it was investigated, which is fair bunkum. But then they wanted to know why, because it's an abrasive material. And then they started to work out that, well, it, 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 it's, they, they were given, they were told, well, it's not a problem because majority of people have fatty deposits in their system. And this will just basically cling to those fatty deposits and get washed out. Unless... Yeah, very fit, and you go cycling for ten k a day and stuff like that, and and it might just. What are you trying to say? Yeah, adrenaline. <laughs> is that, that, that poking me? Get, is that, is that <laughs> when when you get um, your adrenaline starts going, and this is because they're wondering why these athletes are copping it. Yeah, and it's always down when yeah. the adrenaline gets going. Yeah. So then it starts pumping what's existing in your system and your system very fast. And that's where they reckon you're getting, you've got this myocarditis symptoms and you're getting these nano tears within your system as well. And something so it's like micro clotting. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, well, you're going to get those micro clots going because is, if you get so a tear within your system. Or that's what you're saying. Yeah, you believe so it basically, is. and these are rushing around your system and your heart does not like clots. Uh-huh. Whatever it is, we've got, I mean, it's not one or ten. We're, we're what? We're in the hundreds now, aren't we, of athletes? Oh, oh yeah. We're, we're well past 100. We passed 100, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. before so, uh, before the, spring, the start of spring, yeah. So we've got every level of society, well, except those that <laughs> somewhere might not be affected by it because of one reason or another. But, yeah, we've got every level. This is an amazing thing, really, where it can – the human race has got – we're so – different no matter what happens because we're so different our immunosystems are so different that it doesn't there are vast lumps of the world no matter what virus goes out there no matter what happens there's always a group that's not affected usually this nasty thing which where did it come from again well that's um no that was was, that lab no it's something about a lab somewhere in in a city called wuhan i don't know it's wuhan yeah wuhan yeah Um, well yeah i i've got uh i got a couple pieces of audio here that we can play specifically on the uh the vaccine former u.s president excuse me current u.s not no i was right was i right the first time was i right the second time former u.s president barack obama has he got a problem i don't know he, you, he seemed, you need something for that. No, well, two scoops of ice cream might do it. Yeah, two <laughs> two scoops of ice cream might do it. But I've got a uh, got a clip here of uh, Barack Obama talking about what they've done with it. Now he was giving a talk on the vaccines. Now and, and and of course vaccine disinformation too. I've got another clip coming up after that. But um, it sounds to me just by hearing this that uh, he's gotten his latest Obama Foundation donation from Pfizer themselves. What do you think? And yet, despite the fact that we've now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide. Mm -hmm. Around one in five Americans is still willing to put themselves at risk and put their families at risk rather than get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. People are dying because of misinformation. Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah, you catch that. They're all vaccinated and in the hospital. <laughs> People are dying because of misinformation. Now, yes. what kind of misinformation? What kind of misinformation? Well, you he, might just, ask. he just actually grouped it out there. Well, no, he didn't say specifically. What kind of disinformation? Who does he name? Let's, let's hear it. People like Putin and Steve Bannon, for that matter. Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. Oh, I see. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. Uh-huh, like you do. You just have to raise enough questions, spread uh-huh. enough dirt. <laughs> if you could see Ned I right saw- now, he's 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 rubbing the, uh, the, the spot just above his eyebrows, <laughs> shaking his head. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm creating a sore. I'm rubbing it that hard, I think. Uh, he just said, put enough disinformation or raw sewage uh-huh. in a, a square of people. Uh-huh. So how can he not say free speech is allowed? Anybody can say anything. It's for anybody to discern that by freedom of choice. They can't. If somebody because- questions, it doesn't allow them to question it. Well, of course if you're not. not if, if you stop, yeah, if you stop people hearing something you cannot question it so when you do hear it it raises questions the first question is well why didn't they tell me that and it creates an adverse effect and the the thing is there must be an agenda why they haven't told me because this is um hang on excuse me somebody's saying that vaccine has got x amount side effects what do you mean somebody oh the people who made it they've got sheets of this stuff yeah and it says these are all the side effects that came out and we're publishing it now because we've been forced to that bloke that I voted in told me that I should vaccinate my kids. And they are. What's going to happen to them? Oh, no, they'll be all right. I tell them to get their mates vaccinated as well. I, yeah. What yeah. sort of tell, tell that to the crap. poor 10-year-old. Yeah, tell that to the poor 10-year-old girl who just passed away in uh, in England of cardiac arrest. It's Yeah, I know. It is, oh, it's hideous. It is. And, they, and they're still pushing that. I mean, all the adverts and everything. And they just pushed it. And spend the money curing people. Not killing them. It is just demanding. Oh, talking about democracy and um, freedom of speech, you might be able to help me on this one, Bruce. I know Trump created his own social network, which was, but only iOS users can use it, I do believe. Isn't it, isn't it called the social truth or something? Uh, uh, I'm not sure who can and can't use it, but I know that a lot of people are having difficulty getting on there. They're not allowed, yeah. allowed on, if you will. Yeah. But, um, this Twitter thing. Now, as I understand, Elon Musk bought a percentage of Twitter shares. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the I'm intent. 9% is what he currently no, has. Between yeah. 9 and 10%. Yeah. So it was a large amount compared to, it was enough to yeah. put him in a position. So then he wanted to approach the board and then he offered buy Twitter. Yeah. Now he had a Twitter conversation with one of the princes of Saudi about free speech and stuff, who has a lump of it. And as I understand... Three other major holders of Twitter shares are Morgan Stanley, BlackRock, and if I understand now, Vanguard managed to find enough shares to have more than Elon Musk. And don't forget about the Saudi prince. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. He talked about Saudi prince, who was one of the shareholders, wasn't he? Yes, that was what, that was the initial one. But Vanguard has managed to obtain more shares than Elon Musk now. And if I believe rightly, has he launched Elon Musk then said he's going to launch his own social media? Has he done it? So he's he's set up to where he can do that. Like he has the he he went in and liquidated a bunch of uh, assets and has hard cash now. 
and it, it he's positioned himself to where um, Twitter's either going to shoot themselves in the foot because this this damages the poison pill that they're using. This damages their stock value oh, yeah. and it, it's causing it to tank. Whereas Musk offered them thirty some percent uh, higher. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, offered a hell of it uh, per share, uh, per share, and at the time it was like forty something a share because yeah, he wanted um, to take it private. Yes, he wants to take it private. So they they did the poison pill and said all current uh, shareholders except for Elon Musk get a discount, uh, and uh, that caused their stock to de- you know tank a bit. Um, he will probably um, there's a few other things he's probably going to try before going out and making his own. Uh, social media, uh, but I, I think he's wanting to take that one over, and and that oh, yeah. so, I mean, it's already got a pla- it's already got a platform, and then he can clean it. But yeah. I've heard I've heard that he's pretty close to launching his own one if he don't get that if he doesn't get his way there. That would that, be my that in itself well. yeah. will be the downfall of Twitter, and I yeah. seriously hope because that's one place that needs a broom. There's the, well, how many social media are out there? Which oh, I don't know, I don't know, but until. Elon Musk, as far as I'm concerned, um, that's this is my point of view. If he's and everybody else is entitled to theirs, if he does create his own system, he says he's up for freedom of speech and everything else. We'll just see how it goes. But something does need to do. Hopefully, he stands by his word, which should be good. So it seems like uh, some of the stuff I've heard with interviews and whatnot of him, he's not on board with the Great Reset. He's not on board with uh, the other. Um, elites. Um, well, he's... Thing, it's like everything. Time will tell, won't they? Yeah, he seems to be a good bean sheet. I like. Uh, I, don't don't get me wrong. He is a bit. He is a bit loony in some of the positions he takes. Uh, don't get me wrong. He he is a bit out extreme. there, uh, yeah. e- extreme. He. I mean, he believes in climate change. He believes uh, transhumanism is going to uh, be the annihilation of the human race. I mean, that's part of the reason he wants to go to Mars and get to space. I don't disagree with him that transhumanism is going to, it could potentially be bad for the human race, but he's obviously going that extra step to ensure that, you know, but that's the forward. When you, when I, when you look at the interviews, he doesn't talk about that. He doesn't talk about climate change or transhumanism or any of those things. He's like, look, we're like 50 years behind in technology uh, when it comes to space travel. We should be out there colonizing stuff years ago. And he's like, we just got to get caught up. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so yeah, the, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's what that was his driving thing to begin with, because he he came out and he said, "You got to do something, otherwise the human race is going to die on this rock." And I, th- this is the worrying factor. You have people within the media structure. You have people within climate change. You got the eco structure and everybody that say, I mean, they're even voicing, "Oh yeah, if you want to save the planet, get rid of the space race." stuff like that that is the only one thing that is you don't have a whole universe with the possibility of being the only species within it to not be allowed to play in your own garden if you know what i mean that's your garden out there yeah go find out what's behind every other rock Agreed. yeah i mean anybody that is religious or clear thinking or otherwise and whether they believe in different forms of creation whether it's on a deatific level or the Big Bang, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's out there. And at present, we haven't found anybody else. So if this is a gift, and whatever gods or beliefs or ideas you have, uh, shouldn't we get out there? 
and see what the gift is and open every little package. Yeah, we should. When you look at when you look at just what's in our own asteroid belt as far as resources and everything, Funny everything that, is there. Everything's there for us to go and leaps. Uh, you know, take the leap from our planet, go into the asteroid belt, and start getting resources from there and branch off and go to other planets, go to other solar systems, whatever the case may be. There is tons like. Some of the asteroids they talk about, but like the things covered in so much gold that it puts what we have currently on our planet to shame. Like there's it's minimal trillions of dollars worth of gold yeah, it's, on it's there. It's like it's like you're on a starting block and everything yeah. is out there. It, it took so many different things, coincidences, whatever you want to call it, to come together to create this. And there's a pretty handy, like you say, asteroid belt out there full of stuff waiting to say. Well, come and get us, and you might be pleasantly surprised. But the one thing we do need, we need to have humanity's soul intact, which gives us our drive, which gives us our ethics, and which gives us this bright imagination. And excuse me, whoever's behind all this shit here is trying to suppress everything, because we've had two years of it, and it's done nothing but suppress everything, and it's treating everybody like monkeys. People should be getting seriously angry not putting up with it they should be getting angry within themselves not angry that they they have to fight in a physical way but angry to get out there and say no i've had enough of this i've had enough of this we need to do something we need to do something and we need to push this we need to talk and well we need to listen listening helps listen to something helps your brain work helps you question something and in return if some other person listens in return you've got a conversation there's a definite lack of that but we need this. We need we need we need this brightness that we're capable of. Otherwise, we're wasted out there, and, and it's, it's going to get a lot darker first. Yeah. And to to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about with the social media and everything, that is one of the steps to try to fix all of this to, because we don't have the freedom of speech right now. You're not able to uh, have that civil discourse and the exchange of ideas. Um, and and, yeah. and and we need that. I mean, you need to be able to sit down and have a disagreement with someone uh, in, in, in a civil manner because that's how we come to solutions. That's how you see both sides of the picture. You see both sides, you know, or not even necessarily just both sides, all sides. Like you, you try to get as much information from the whatever the subject matter is and you find the best solution for that. that that's, exactly. That's, yeah. And people, people, I mean, academics and people with ideas they don't have to be part of academia. They can be even at student level or university level or whatever. I mean, one of the one of the most endearing places within Cambridge University that I used to love to visit, other than it was free tea, biscuits and cake. But you'd go there and in the um, Department of Astronomy, each day, they'd all come in from the other buildings in, just stand around, chat, ideas, whatever, uh, what what's going on, what's planned. And they, some of them would be mixed up in God knows what part of astronomy and astrology. And they'd just converse over a cup of tea or whatever, mingle around. And out of that sheer calm and imaginative meeting each day, you just think of what come out of it. And that is the right way to do things. They didn't shout at each other. They just talked and maybe laughed at each other's ideas every now and then. That is the way things should be. Open discourse from different parts of ideas and, you know, jovially poo-pooing somebody or not. Uh, it, it is good. It is good. And it was a wonderful atmosphere. 
you need you need those different angles and different perspectives to see things more clearly to come to better conclusions you need people to have differing ideas or differing when you get the different ideas together uh, you know, when you're talking about, for example, uh, you're you're hypothesizing something like black holes and you're trying to navigate that and come up with different ideas and concepts behind it, explaining it and whatnot. You need to be able to throw down, throw down different ideas and, and concepts, and then you can try to equate it out and figure out which one makes the most sense. Right. Well, this right. is Yeah. I mean, the black hole thing, Stephen Hawkins actually got to a point where he said, I was actually wrong about that. What about this? Yeah. I mean, bless him. He's gone. Interesting man. He had a sense of humour. He was at Cambridge as well. He used to have um, uh, an area in um, Building B in the Centre for Mathematics at Cambridge University. Smart man. The guy had a sense of humour. Yeah. To have that level well, of intelligence and still I mean, have a sense of humour is a very rare thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, it yeah. really is. It is, it, it, it is quite conflicting. But yes, academics can be myopic, but it's like they are, there's, there's very few people in life you could actually say, are you in a job that doesn't feel like a job? Because if you are, you're in the right job. So you're really comfortable. And that is that is academia. That is why sometimes, um, I suppose, when people are that, within that closed culture, they could be socially inept because that's a price you have to pay. Because talking in different social levels, that, that can happen. But it's the same from other places. If you don't, if you're not willing, if you're not willing to listen, I mean, remember, the saying that I've always loved, it's always there. Never be ashamed of not knowing. Be ashamed of not wanting to know. That is what everybody has suffered for for two years. And they're at that at the moment. And not wanting to know, thinking, well, I'm all right in my own little bubble. I'm all right, Jack. It's never going to happen to me. You know, that sort of thinking. No, no. That is where it fails. It's just so much out there. We're like a few bugs on a, on a pebble. There's the whole beach of pebbles out there. We just need to get out amongst it all. It's just, you know, something. It's an amazing I wanna, thing. It, it is. I, I want to play something here. Bruce and I were going over this before you came in tonight. Uh, this is a report from uh, from Greg Reese. We usually post these up, and I will be posting this up. Uh, I need to run it through some stuff. I need to take it down a notch for the file size so it's mobile friendly for people. But this might shed a little bit of light on what you said about whoever these people are that are causing this back here that are disrupting this. And this might shed a little bit of light on that. This is kind of a side story that I wanted to do. And it's interesting he came out with this report. This is a side story that I wanted to do. Uh, we talked about Klaus Schwab a couple of weeks ago. We did a special on him. <laughs> and oh yeah, he's, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, here's, here's a guy who collected a paycheck for 36 months of his life. And now all of a sudden he's like a Bond villain. He's special. But, he's definitely special. Yeah, he's something. Wait till you hear this. But I wanted to do another story. I, I wanted to do another special on the guys that are behind him, specifically these uh, these three guys that are behind him. And I didn't have enough time to do it. We didn't have enough time to throw all that together. So I wanted to do another one. Well, what Reese here has done is he's taken what we would have done in an hour and he's compressed it into about four minutes. So it's interesting. It's it's very interesting and it's very insightful and it pretty much covers just about everything that we would have covered in about an hour. We would have gone into a lot more detail because we would have had more time. Uh, but the way he put this together in a few minutes is quite spectacular. So uh, take a listen to this. Johnny Vedmore recently published an article exposing the hidden history of the mysterious World Economic Forum, who is currently waging war against the world 
with their Great Reset. Founder and director Klaus Schwab's three mentors were the most influential people in America's thermonuclear deterrence program, as well as leading proponents of a one-world government. Henry Kissinger recruited Klaus Schwab at the Harvard International Seminar, which was funded by the CIA. During this time, Kissinger was focused on global governance and depopulation. But it was with the Council on Foreign Relations that Kissinger became a major player by wargaming psychological operations involving America's growing thermonuclear weapons arsenal and writing the book on nuclear weapons and foreign policy. John K. Galbraith was a highly influential economist who helped Klaus Schwab create the World Economic Forum. Galbraith was an economist at Harvard who traveled to Germany in 1938 to study land policies under Hitler's National Socialist government. From there, he went to work on an advisory committee for FDR's New Deal. After World War II ended, his work shifted into nuclear weapons. Galbraith was tasked with evaluating the overall economic effects of the wartime bombing. He interrogated Nazi war criminal Albert Speer and was sent to Hiroshima and Nagasaki to evaluate the damage caused by the nuclear weapons attack. By 1968, Galbraith had joined Kissinger in his pursuit of a one-world government. And it was during this time that Kissinger introduced Galbraith to Klaus Schwab, along with Hermann Kahn, who in 1967 suggested subverting democracy by training a select group of global leaders which later became the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leaders. Both Kissinger and Galbraith were heavily involved in the religion of thermonuclear deterrent warfare. But Herman Kahn was, as the New Yorker puts it, the heavyweight of the megadeth intellectuals, and is commonly referred to as the real Dr. Strangelove. Kahn wrote the official military policy on nuclear deterrence, and believed that if everyone had nuclear weapons, the world would know peace. By the late 60s, Kahn was pushing for a European Union and joined Galbraith in 1970 on a European speaking tour to support Klaus Schwab's recruitment drive for the first European Management Symposium, now known as the World Economic Forum. And while they were doing that, Klaus Schwab helped merge his father's nuclear weapons company into a company that he then directed to illegally build nuclear weapons for the South African government. In 1972, the Club of Rome published The Limits to Growth, which planted the seeds of the depopulation agenda. And while Kahn, Kissinger, and Galbraith helped Schwab get started, what really brought him the international support he was hoping for was when he introduced the ideas of depopulation. In 1972, the Club of Rome's founder was invited by Schwab to make the keynote speech in 1973. As controversial as it was, even Herman Kahn opposed it, the World Economic Forum suddenly caught the attention and financial support of powerful elitists everywhere and blew up to what it has become today. The article suggests that Schwab's supervillain persona is a deliberate marketing tactic to gain the attention from those who seek power and wealth 
to join Klaus Schwab as stakeholders in society. The author believes that the World Economic Forum is reaching its maximum level of expansion before its inevitable collapse, because eventually people will fight back. But they already know that, and all they really seem to care about is world government, depopulation, and thermonuclear war. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. So you asked, who are the people that are behind trying to arrest development oh, back here at home? Well, there you go. We know a couple of them. Yeah. I didn't know the fat man. Oh, yeah. He, Herman <laughs> Kahn. He's, uh, yeah, he's he's a very interesting character. No, uh, I haven't looked into Herman Kahn. But, I've got, I'll yeah. tell you what, I've got a clip of him uh, from back in the 1960s, if you'd care to hear that. Or was it the 60s, Bruce? Was it the 60s or was it the 70s? Yeah, it was It was 60s, yeah. 60s? It was, uh, I think it was it's 10 years before he died. Moving. Yeah, let, 70s, let, me, let me see if I can find moving. it. Out of the Hudson Institute, you're going to find this absolutely fascinating because you think that it's coincidence we're just dealing with the European Union now? I mean, it was the brainchild of these guys. They created yeah. all this stuff. I'm going to say it was like 63 or 65, somewhere in there, uh, when that video was, because he died in 73, I think. Something like that. Oh no! Hang on. You might have been right. It could have been seventy. It could have been in the seventies because he died in the eighties. That's what it was. It all started in the seventies. But he, they were doing the think tank stuff before. Yeah. Uh, all that kicked in. Yeah. Let's yeah. take time. Okay. Here. And, and the thing it. is, yeah. Uh, Nineteen sixty-one uh, was is when Hudson Institute was founded. This could have been after that. Thirty miles north of New York City. The problems of our violent age are pondered over in one of America's most influential think tanks, the Hudson Institute. In this 19th century mansion, they are looking for alternative futures, both utopian and dystopian. The end product of this think tank, scenarios, scripts for the 21st century. Uh, you know, let's admit that you know, the affluence, the skills, technology will really make life better in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we also know these things go badly. Right. Uh, uh, okay, everybody's worried about the, uh, the possibilities of, you know, various kinds of social controls and so on. What would the scenario be? Herman Kahn is director of the Institute, Tony Wiener his assistant. Uh, it has to involve the, the social controls coming into effect gradually and um, uh, slowly and at each step as a result of some decision which seems to be very much in the general interest. That yeah. is no imposition by um, an evil, uh, evilly intended big brother. How are we going to achieve a utopian peace in our cities even without the bomb? What is the scenario for a utopian peace? To take a black power movement, right. and one which really is trying to cause problems, but sand in the gears. Right. And you've already set up a good deal of the social uh, watching. Mm. You know, you've got your TV cameras everywhere, you've got your data processing, everybody has his ID card, you've double-checked it. Mm -hmm. And now, all of a sudden, you've got these guys that are throwing sand in the gears. And you clamp down. That is, you keep track of every car. You keep track of every... This is easy to do. You keep track of 10% uh, or 100% of the conversation that occurs on telephones. Uh, one could, um, with a computer capacity that will be available in the next couple of decades, one could easily record every phone conversation made. And then one could easily scan mechanically. No human being could spend the centuries that would be required, one could scan every conversation looking for keywords that would identify the conversation as uh, worth looking into a little further. 
so that, for example, uh, one could begin with a naive set of words. Uh, kill, rob, murder, assassinate, plot, uh, conspire. You know, you can do more than that. You can, uh, you could imagine temporarily tranquilizing a whole city. You know, it's been upset, the riots. Mm-hmm. You know, let's put trans guards either in the air or in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. get people settled down a bit. Uh, I can imagine you could do the preventive medicine going on in this kind of state. Mm-hmm. You know, where you really check up with everybody and you see that they keep their drug levels right. Yes. In fact, give uh, the first thing you do when you go into uh, to work is they punch you and check your blood and see that the drug level is what it's supposed to be. So you'll you'll buy the safety. Uh, of your city at the expense of the privacy of individuals. And for most people, most of the time, uh, the intrusion will not be the kind of thing they'd be conscious of. So the scenario for a utopia without violence is achieved at the expense of your private life. Is it an accident we're seeing what we're seeing now? No, no, it's been it's been going on for a long time. But it's time is now where the people have op- are, is open acceptance at a ridiculous level. I mean, if I hear, I mean, I started to hear it uh, a few years ago and the saying used to be, well, that's the way things are. That's the way things things are nowadays. I used to uh, scream, you know, so you're accepting it because that's what, don't you think it's wrong? Do you think this is wrong? Don't you think that is wrong? Don't you think it's a bit suspect or whatever? Well, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> okay. As long as it doesn't affect me. But it is affecting you. It's affecting everybody subtly. It has already affected you because you are in open acceptance and you don't question it. And that's the problem. And then they affect all the education systems. They affect all the education systems, making it harder. I mean, in in the UK, that's one thing we used to really, really relish. Free education. We have now lost that. Even and you're about to lose your free health care. <laughs> I'm serious. You're, you're about to lose it to privatized yeah. insurance companies. Everything. Uh, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It, it's stripping everything down. Everything that generations of people built up, fought for, died for, or proud of. In the services, they used to go around the world. And as much as in the UK, populations of people grumble about whatever their status of affair is. Whether they're they're comfortable or not, they have to moan about something. It's worse than having rampant children squabbling a lot of the time, and it's the incessant. What you, it, it, haven't you got something better to talk about? But you go around the world. Not until you go around the world and you see some of these countries and see some of these people and how they live. You come back home and you go, you should be thankful. Yeah. And all you do is moan. Because mm-hmm. they've never been out there to see it. Yeah. And yet. They will sit back here and totally destroy the structure of their own life by doing all these liberal things and saying, oh, you've got to pay for the sins of your fathers, your grandfathers, and your great grand." No, you haven't done it. You've got to make a better world. I agree. People do things wrong. Everybody's done something wrong. But the premise you've got to think, if you are a parent, if somebody came up to you as a parent, or if you're a parent, if you're not a parent and you're married you're with somebody you love or whatever, it all is the same thing. If somebody comes up to you and says, "Would you change anything in your past?" The true answer is no, because you change something, you won't be with the person you love, you won't be with the children you've got, or anything like that. Yes, we have done suspect things in our past, and so have other people. But 
you change something and take that guilt trip on, you will not be where you are now. That is the honesty of it all. So you've got to face up and try and recognize the reasoning that got you to where you are. Then you've got to look forward. And that is it. You've just got to look forward. People have stopped looking forward to any degree. Only the thinkers like the fat man were looking at forward beyond their own life because they had their own cult imagination of how things should be, whether I'm here or not. And they wanted to get accumulate enough. It's, it's like their own religion. It, a cult, that is what a cult is. They create this situation where they have their own acolytes and believers. Own language, own core beliefs. To go forward. Everything, yeah. Yeah, and go forward. And it just, and one generation after the next. And if you keep it going long enough, yeah, you'll have enough people to try and get to that. This, this, this equals, oh my God, dystopia. To them, remember, if you've got a dystopia at a certain level in the world, there'll be a level of utopia for those that are in charge as they see it. Somebody pays the price. Well, it'll be uh, somewhat of a utopia for the people that are uh, willing to take it up the bum from the government and, uh, <laughs> you know, follow the government's uh, Those that edicts. are left, it'll because be, the uh, ones that are following yeah. are not, you know, look, we see what's happening to them in the hospitals. Yeah, it'll be somewhat of a utopia for them, uh, relatively speaking. But, but the thing is, is if you listen there, <laughs> dystopia and utopia was not off the table. Like, they both, they were looking at both solutions for the future yeah. peace, they, they weren't ruling out dystopian stuff. No. So what they ended up with was a yeah. No, the what idea they ended up was, with was both. Oh, you see, that is how it works. If you if you think about it, if you can, if it this will create a dystopia, this will create well a possible dystopia, and this will create a possible utopia. How do they both work? Now, what happens if we use a bit out of each to create what we want? Therefore. We need to make it not sound so bad, make the bad sound good so the people follow easier. The idea is, yes, we can get them. If they are willing to roll over and take it up the arse, as you put it, quite willingly, without question, for their own good and their own health, and they feel good about it, but it's creating a dystopia, they've managed to mesh this to both ideals and got what they want out of it because they don't care one way or another because they've used those two equations because they already know all they want is control so this isn't creating a dystopia or whatever this is creating just what we want sod the rest of them sod everybody else because they're just a number i'm curious in all of this in their in their think tank what did they come up with what was the solution was it any was it anywhere near uh, a public health crisis or some kind of crisis like that? What, was it anywhere near that, I wonder? Well, you did well, hear him you say, at- you, you did hear him say specifically, he said, well, it's just, look, if there's just some kind of a social crisis or something, then, you know, we'll just do something yeah. to calm the public down. We'll tranquilize it, the public. He, we'll put something in the air. We'll put did. something in the water and, you know, that kind of lockdowns. He did reference yeah. something about uh, black uh, militant black group or something like that. Well, that was yeah, yeah. black power for the movement, time. Was, for the yeah. time, he was for the time. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was referencing the Black Panther movement at the time because that's what was happening around that same time. To that point, he says it could be as simple as we go around to your house or we have you 
checked as soon as you're walking into your job. You show up to punch the clock, and we punch you and check drug, your blood. Blood check. Blood yeah, check. Yeah, check your drug levels. Blood check drugs. There's your yeah. medical tyranny. <laughs> yeah, keeping you uh, and like doped, as in yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Fine, yeah. I'm going to. He's talking test. about putting tranks um, in the air yeah. in the water. But that's yeah. my point. If you look at uh, what what's happened with COVID. That's exactly what was happening. You well, to get into work, what were you doing? You were shoving a swab up your nose to get your tests done, right? So, so how many ideas? Now think about this, yeah. Think you've got to actually prove a system, whether it's psychologically, medically, or otherwise. So since they come up with this idea, you have to test it. How many tests, unethical tests, do you think have gone on since that man voiced that? And how many people have died and how big that list is just so that they could get to a point like 2009 when Henry Kissinger sat in front of the WHO and said, yep. if you can get them all world populations to take a vaccine, you will get the herd under your control and you'll even get them to pay for it. And it's game over. Yeah. And that was openly in 2009. And that is, I mean, and if he can talk openly to a board and say, oh, and there's many of you on this board that are associated with pharmaceuticals, et cetera, et cetera, that have a few fingers in these pies. Yeah, so you'd be better off. So when the herd takes it and pays for it, it's a win-win. I mean, you can find that conversation. It's openly there. And people should listen to it. When it can be openly talked about at that level, that is when they find they see themselves as untouchable. And that is it. That's when they've started to put really the game plans on. That's terrible, if you think about it. Excuse me, I'm going to have a drink of water. Well, no, that's fine. But you you wanted to know who the people are that are back here that are causing this problem. And we just went down that rabbit hole, and mm -hmm. I can't think of anybody else, due to what we just laid out here by that report and by uh, that clip from the 1960s. Oh, yeah. No, if you I, think I about think it, we all, we, all know, we all know that if you're a face, if you're openly out there, you're expendable. I mean... To actually keep something this dark going or whatever, you've got to be agreeable. Like your big guy that's got dementia, he was promised, put me in this seat two as president. Button, yeah. That's what we're, we're calling two I'll do, I'll do anything you want. I'll do anything you want. But to actually sit there and formulate this, there's got to be a lot more. That network has got to be quite fast to actually encompass quite a lot. That was a nice four minutes. That actually put. A lot of headings, a lot of places, it put a lot of things together. But when you have a belief in something and it's this strong, and to have people that believe in the same extremes, you've got to have a replacement of that same level. So you know that when you die, you're going to want somebody that's going to be a good, as good, if not better replacement than you, light or dark or whichever way anybody can see it. But fundamentally, to have it go on, you've got to have a replacement, yeah? Because people, to carry on, has to have that. The, the WF, WEF, and the small, uh, the young leaders of the world are puppets. Who's the puppet master? We had the guys that created it. Klaus Schwab is like the errand boy that went around he's, and he's spoke to the different <laughs> leaders of the world. Off you go, talk to them. Get them, talk He's to them, nobody. yeah, and go dance. He's dance in your night dress and your high heel shoes at night if you want. He's the actual guy. He is the actual guy that those three guys picked 
to go around and speak. And I, when I remember when I told you when, when we dug into his into his history, I remember when I told you, I said he's literally collected a paycheck for 36 months in his entire life. And he's lived a life of luxury down there in Switzerland his entire life outside of that. And I said, he's got over 350 executives and, and shareholders and academics from around Europe and around uh, around the world and, and executives from all across the Western world to show up to this wonderful extravaganza that he's put together down there, the, this, the economics or the European Management Symposium, whatever it was called. You're showing up because you got an invitation from a guy who's collected a paycheck for 36 months? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> he's the messenger. He, he's the little man that goes around and says, you're expected to be there. You're expected to be there. And you're expected to be there. But yeah. Each, there's got to be people of level still above him. Those people up behind there, who were the replacements of the original three? Who were the replacements possibly after well, them ones? Kissinger's still there. That we know. Oh, Kissinger. He's, 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 he's um, still there. He's still there. He, he's a guest he's, of honor led, at the WEF uh, he, every year. Yeah. He's, he's led a life of looking like the intermediary for the good. And yet he's openly quite not a very nice man, say the least. But um, yeah. The other thing is, I mean, it's like we, we know for a fact, if, you, if we're talking about these, um, what they're trying to achieve, dystopia, utopia, and you've got yeah, um, social levels, China's achieved a specific social level, haven't they? Because if you need to go on the internet, you've got facial recognition. Yeah. So you've got facial recognition. They know every move you take or whatever. And if you praise the party on your phone, you might just get a little points, a few points up the ladder socially. And, but if they decide you are socially bad, they will fame, you know, face shame you openly in public on big screens uh, across cities and the social control. And yet, if you listen to them, they give it, well, they must have done something bad. Oh, so totally accepted or whatever, straight off, that must be a bad person because their face is up there. Not that that person might have just questioned what was happening here. Yeah. The chances are they stood up and went, I've got something to say about this. Oomph. <laughs> there goes your social standing. I've just got from 991 to minus 70. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's yeah. actually true. There's there's actually a reporter I know of uh, that exactly the case. He's a reporter. He asked the wrong question and uh, he was blacklisted. And now he, he basically finds it difficult to even find food, to, to go and buy food because he's barred from from just about everything. See, he made a mistake. So, that's that's he he just made a mistake. That was all. He, he <laughs> but he, there's he there's no mean way to, to redeem that. himself. <laughs> well, he got taken off that blacklist. He got taken off that blacklist. At what well, least the the one that I heard about. He got taken. He investigated some party members or something and found some corruption. But he later made the correction. Right? It was bad information. He oh, as a journalist. He well, should have known better. He should have known better. Yeah, I know. He, he, he's he been taken off. Now. Yeah, he's been taken off the blacklist, but he's still having a long climb to get back up onto the social credit ladder there. So back to this social thing. In the West, they are pushing something called ESG. Yep, that's social credit, more or less. Which is environmental, social, and governance, it means. Yeah. So basically, any firm, right, this, 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 this is a set of rules and regulations which they put out there and say, this will make you a better company or better whatever. And if you want to do anything 
really with anybody else that's within this bubble. You will adhere to these, but it will make you a better company because it'd be better for the people, et cetera, et cetera. So they're already creating that. And it's obviously, hang on, who's it being promoted by? The WF? And who's at the top? Have you seen who's at the top? A guy named Klaus Schwab. Microsoft. Oh, Microsoft. Microsoft as a firm. Well, of course, yeah, they're, they're, they're all right, ESG. Right out there. Yeah, but they're all ESG compliant. Of course they are. That's the thing. <laughs> the, the thing is, is as an all investing company, so as an investor, right? This is this is what they're doing. They're they're showing you as an investor. They will give you a rating on how well your your investments are into these ESG companies, and you yep. get a score um, based on that. Now, the other thing that's happening as well is if you're a bank and you're ESG compliant, you'll look at those companies and go, "Are you environmentally safe? Are you trying to get rid of fossil fuels? If you're not, well, your score uh, goes down, and you're unlikely to get a, a loan from the bank." Same thing with social. What 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 social st- uh, stances are are you are you standing with the um, uh, don't say gay bill in Florida or are you against it? Are you for grooming? Well, uh, if you're for grooming, then you get points, uh, good points, and if you're against it, then you get bad points. Um, I'm I'm using extreme terms they, there, yeah, but I that's know, what it is the, exactly. The hypocrisy that runs through it all. Uh, if you take you left a company like Amazon. You left out pro Putin. Are you pro Putin or are you are you against yeah, Putin? I, I didn't that's, get that's, to the. Oh, I've, 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 I've still but got. Yeah, I, I'm still out on Putin. <laughs> I'm still out on Putin as whether he's being a whether he, he is a puppet I, or not or whether he's. Yeah, part I'm, of I'm Switzerland. Ukraine. On that one. I'm not. Ukraine is a melting pot of abuse and use. Yeah, yeah. By the West, and don't even know if. Hang on, Ash Swab has actually shaken his hand, and Putin used to be, if not, one of the young leaders of the world. He did, yes. Yeah. yeah. So who's to say that we're going to tell you that you're off the list, but you're going to stay on it, but you've got to do show. this. I think it's, it's part show. of the big plan. Yeah, I yeah. think it's show. So this is all going to go in. So we've got we've got the Democrats of 2014 starting to, oh, hang on, America putting their own puppet into Ukraine again. By 2017, all the promises for the neo-Nazi parties that will fund you and whatever to take charge and be anti-Russian and whatever, that means you're anti-half your own population, which is on the other side of the river. So they start slaughtering each other and, oh, hang on, we're not going to let you go into NATO, so we'll keep you out of international law so we can build these dozen labs and do what we want there. And hang on, hang on. We're going to need you for a crisis, right? This is waiting to blow. Start COVID. Da-di-da. Hang on. We've got them rolling over. A lot of people questioning this now. All right, we're going to have to stop this thing rolling for a while. We need a smoke screen. Putin, off you go, boy. There you go. Pick up your lot and get in there. And by the way, you're going to have to take a lot of rocks for this. Those Nazis, you're all in the same pocket. But they're going to do some bad things, and they're going to put it in your name as well. So everybody's going to be taking whatever they want out of this. And the one people that are going to suffer are the people. And we're going to create another refugee movement so we can get all the other parts of the world given it. Hang on. Not more refugees. We've had them from Syria. Hang on. Syria? We've had them from Afghanistan. Hang on. We've had them from here, there, and everywhere. Um, You want IDs? Yeah, we'll have IDs. That's a good idea. We'll all have IDs and we know who's who. That's a hypothetical gameplay, but... It does sort Did of you thing. do an internship at the Hudson Institute? 
<laughs> well, you, you, <laughs> there's that, also the nuclear stuff. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. There was also the nuclear aspect of it as well that they were that's talking true. about in the, in the one video. Yeah, that's true. And Russia has yeah. been talking about their new uh, Satan 2 uh, ICBM that, that houses 11 warheads. Um, they're, they're, they're talking about that. So, oh, well, we'll catch one of those. One might get through. <laughs> That's the thing is even if even if the missile is, um, you know, you intercept the missile, you you don't know if you intercept it before the cluster was released or after. Right. So you, you have to get it at launch. And, you know, we, we do or you have, have defense to systems out, in place. Or you have, but, a, have to have a very intricate system to be able to take stuff out and you have to have an endless amount. And well, the, only thing that, the only thing that would be able to do that if you had a pinpoint laser system. We, we do have a lot of pinpoint laser systems for anti-ICBMs. The, the problem is, is once the cluster's released, those warheads are difficult to detect. And yeah, then they're too small. They're too small. And then even if you do de detect and they're them, off at a random do you have something direction. in range? They're exactly. off at a random direction. They, yeah, they exactly. don't have any kind of, it, it, it's all like fin stabilized. They're like guided bombs at that point. There is, is that, no emission. Does, does that, um, that, that's where they're saying sorry. it's the right sorry. cluster. Sorry. You guys just I'm saw from, me. Yeah, you just saw me tear out of here. There was another convoy of Chinooks and I, I'm guessing Blackhawks. They were they, they had no running lights on. They couldn't have been more than a couple of hundred meters from my roof. And they were headed east. That's, That's very unusual that they uh, head east. Is, oh. it, it, on, honestly, it, it, it is unusual to head east. But here's the thing. Um, why are they flying so low? I don't know. And why are they? Why, why don't they have any running lights on? Yeah. So it, it, it almost seems like they know they're going to go over population centers and they know they're going to garner attention and get every another single, smoke screen is what I'm every asking. Single neighbor, if it's, yeah, you know, every single screen. neighbor just tore out of their back because my walls were shaking. I, I'm like all my stuff up here, up here on my shelves are shaking. And I, I opened the window. Everybody's like out looking up, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So I'm wondering flying that low, that many. I wonder, are they area? really doing something? Are they really moving equipment or whatnot? Or is this another smoke screen to make it look like so the the information gets out there? Oh, they're moving stuff. You know, I, we, we've seen these. And then, you know, it gets around social media and a bit of disinformation, if you will. Maybe. Um, or I don't know. Yeah, the last convoy that came through, at least when I was here, the last convoy that came through, aerial convoy that came through was two nights ago. I was telling you and Marty about it last night, and it was 1.30 in the morning. That is very unusual. That is very, very unusual. And especially if it's yeah. that low, because you're shaking everything going down through here. The Germans are sleeping at 1.30 in the morning. You're, you're not- They've you're been not, walking all day and yeah, night. They need yeah. to get some sleep. They do, yeah. Bless and you're, you're not making that kind of noise and, and shaking people's houses at 1.30 in the morning on a Wednesday night. You're just not doing it. Uh, if you're part of this agenda and you're trying to push a, a narrative- I mean, it's not out of the realm of re I, I just basically what I'm getting at is um, this very well could be troop movements or, or hardware movements. Uh, this could also just be them. Uh, uh, another smokescreen uh, trying to look like they're doing something and not actually doing anything. Um, do you really think our governments are above spending the thousands of dollars needed to fuel those things and pilot them. Oh no! Is they, no, they, no. they write they write their own no. ticket? You talk about your governments. I mean, you have a couple of silly things going on in the United States, haven't you? Couple. Um, <laughs> well, well, yeah. You're being generous, aren't you? Yeah, I know. Let's. What was one of the latest things? Oh, oh, Disney. They've um. 
oh, had yeah. their rights revoked, haven't they? They yeah. have, yeah. yeah. 55 not, years. Not the, their, their special privileges. Yeah, have special been privilege. Yeah. They're autonomy. As in they can actually, yeah, they can actually monitor themselves and know that nobody, nobody gets a say in it. Yeah, I that's mean, gone. If you, did you actually listen to the NBC News on this? It was no. ridiculous because basically, I don't know whether the majority of people, although in your country, but this was all over parents wanting to have the rights about their own children and what gets taught to them in school with reference to, if I remember rightly, uh, sort of sex education. It's like uh, a classroom yes. education on uh, sexual attitudes. But this was about children from four upwards? Yes. It's something... I mean, it's some, a ridiculous it, age. It, it's something like uh, social emotional learning or something like that is what it's categorized under. And basically, it's about it's called um, sexual instruction. It is, yes. it is, but it's categorized it under is. SEL, which yes. is under the CDC. But that's what it it has: uh, racial underpinnings. It has the sexual stuff. This yeah. is the, the the stuff they're teaching third graders is borderline pornography. Like if you or I gave this book out to a minor, uh, the 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 content that they're handing out, we would be arrested for child pornography. Their the brains aren't prison. ready for it. They're sponges. This is where. These are their informative years where they take everything in and they just take it all in. They're not ready to assess it properly. That's why you have teenage years and teenage angst, because that's when it really hits them when puberty is there. That's why, when they need the help. Why do that's we have when they ratings? need to be talked to. Why do we have ratings on things? On like, the, the, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Why, why do that's we have true. the rating systems if, if this is what they're going to do? Why, why is it there? It's there to stop this. It's supposed to be there to stop this so you don't expose a certain age group to material and, and content that they're not able to oh. process, which is exactly uh, what you're talking are about. Are you trying to tell me that when my daughter was four, I could have taken her to see The Exorcist, just not paid any attention I would to not. I would not advise thing. that, no. Absolutely not. I mean, when I was a kid, not but that's, seriously, that's the sort of thing they're doing. It's yeah, extreme. Yeah. It's wrong. when I was when I was a kid, and I mean, I'm talking like uh, I, I want to say going into like seventh or eighth grade, I still wasn't allowed to see PG thirteen movies. You know, the, like the twelve and, and thirteen year old movies. I still couldn't watch those if I wasn't of that age group. I wasn't allowed to go see those. And on top of that, the movie theaters wouldn't let me in. Now, God only knows what would have happened if this kind of stuff would have been uh, like the stuff we're talking about now. God only knows what would have happened if this would have been uh, taught in schools back then. Sex education, right? That was brought in when I was in the seventh grade, I believe. Seventh, seventh grade, yeah. And at that time, they had to send permission slips home to the parents. I'm serious. They had to send permission slips home to the parents to get them to sign off on it to say it was okay. And you know what happened? The next school board meeting, parents were down there complaining about it, saying, that's not your responsibility. We'll teach our kids that. Exactly. That was not that it's long not ago. That was not that long ago. It's, 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 it's incredible. I mean, you go back to the NBC, yeah? They were actually having a dig at Florida for saying... Hey, the governor of Florida's doing this or whatever, because Disney got on the political bandwagon and said it was okay to do this, which you wouldn't really. I mean, that was a, an incredibly silly move, a stupid, wrong, stupid, whatever, wrong and right. That's up to people's decision. But when the NBC referred to it, and this is the funny thing, they referred to it and said, well, um, that means the governor's dehumanizing everything. And they were trying to say it was okay to do this. And that they actually said, dehumanizing like 
Putin and the Russians raping oh, children. Shut the front and, door. And, and you want to listen to it, and you're giving it, ooh, you are well off the scale here. They were talking about Russians. They were equating it to similar to Russian soldiers raping kids. Oh, my God. I mean, that's your media. I mean, that is, I'm giving it. Well, it's NBC. I wouldn't call that media. Going, I'd call that trash TV. But. This, is, this is going, well, it's all the media that's been pushed out there. That's the forced media. And when that content is said at that level, and they're equating that to, oh, I'm giving it, how can you say it's okay to teach that in school? And if somebody speaks up against it, you say it's dehumanizing on a level like that. I'm giving it. You are weird. This is so wrong. It's a cult, man. And it's who gave you, you that? It's it's a cult. That that's what we're dealing with. That's exactly that, what this is. That whole sex ed stuff that you guys are talking about, we're kind of glossing over the fact that the sex ed that we're talking about that we had in school was like biology. I mean, it was, yeah, it was the minor. Base, like this is how humans function. And Actually, these are the. The, I only got biology. I didn't get sex ed. I am well, so was, jealous. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> but this is like, but, no, but what Bruce is talking about, well, I'll let him explain it. Go on. Because we talked about so, it last night offline. It was basically the did, same yeah. thing. It was basically the same thing. So that's what we got in school. However, what they're teaching now in school is literally talking about, um, there, there's a comic talking uh, about um, something basically on the lines of, I got a new uh, sex toy. Uh, they got a going to look good with the, the your favorite that's the, the the level of stuff that's in there talking about i can't wait to have your and they oh don't what? they use and and i'm going to give you the best of your life Bruce, you're this, making, is, this is you're like you're making porn, me hit. by the way you're, make, you're making me hit this i i know button, i know button. yeah I, I yeah but this is this is that was gay porn by the way that that was all uh, um same sex relationships that's the stuff that they're teaching to three. And it's not only to, to, to third graders. This is third grade third stuff. graders. Now, third graders. Yes. This stuff is also uh, accompanied by pictures that are showing the actual genitalia of that oh, age no, no, group. No, 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 yeah. no. And to the third act graders. of those, the, the positions and acts and whatnot to third graders. Now, they didn't even get into the sixth grade stuff that was going on and, and the high school stuff that they show because oh, that is full on porn. So um, that is what Florida's fighting against. That is the <laughs> don't say gay bill that they're, they're saying is here in America. How did get in the first place? Marxism. I mean, this makes racist... Through, this, through the this CDC. This makes the racist baby book look Marxism. like... It's Marxism. It's cultural Marxism. They, they, That's what they it is. They got it through the CDC. They got it through the CDC, through SEL, uh, social oh, emotional learning or whatever it was, something like that. Uh, no, and that's how that's they got CD, it. That's a CDC C issue. That's a CDC thing. It, it's accompanied by uh, CRT. And there's another one. It's a, the, the, you know, the, the common core and stuff that we were dealing with. That's another part of this SEL. And it, now they've just incorporated it all. And now it's all racist, uh, filled with sexuality. It, it's just it, it is. It, so it, wrong. It's, yeah. It's wrong. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, it's evil. I, I yeah, don't know it's, how it's, else to it's, say it's, it. No, no, don't. It's so wrong. It just winds you up the further you li listen to it. Um, I'll change subject. <laughs> well, no, we're, we're, we're way it's over. Annoying. We're gonna have. No, we're way over. We're gonna have to go. But honestly, I I think we have. Uh, I think we have our episode title: the foundation of uh, dystopia or utopia. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's that's what it is, isn't it? Like everything we've talked about tonight has touched the uses. On that. The, the yeah, the the uses of dystopia and utopia to make what 
that's a big question, Mark. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we're going to have to go. Uh, we did run over a little bit, but Ned, thank you for coming in today. It was a, it was a real pleasure. Uh, it's always- I apologize for one thing making you run over. In the nice British this, way. This English modesty. Every time he comes in here, he apologizes for something. He calls me first of the week and he says, I just want to tell you I'm sorry. I'm like, for what? Well, I'm just telling you, just uh, just because. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So for those of you who would like to send us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would humbly ask you to pass this along to five friends. That's all, just five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up. You know someone you're trying to get to think on their own. We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you for being here today, Ned. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening, and we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.